0: Welcome to the Traveler's Upgrade Show, where I interview people from around the world to bring you great stories, tips, and motivation. I'm your host, Kareem Shakur, and we have a great show in store. We will be discussing my guest today, Waza Dubey's story as a lifelong traveler, how travel looks as a travel professional, and beginner's advice for booking travel through an online site or a travel agent. My guest today is Waja Dube, born and raised as an expat from Botswana and the USA. Waja Dube is a born traveler, so much that he has made it his career. Raised in five countries on four continents, he was encouraged by family members and community to embrace the different cultures of the world whenever possible. After studying travel industry management at Hawaii Pacific University, Waja returned to New York to start his career in the travel industry. Over the past 13 years, Waja has worked in luxury and adventure travel around the world and now works with his favorite continent as the Africa manager at Index Select. While African travel is his passion, he doesn't truly believe in any best destination, but rather finding the best in every destination. I appreciate you taking the time to join me today, Waja.
1: Thank you so much, Graham. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: All right, so let's get right into it. Absolutely. So where are you from? Like, Where do you say you're from?
1: <laughs> um, well, you know, that's that's kind of the beauty of being an expat is that uh there is no real answer there. Um I was actually born in Belgium. Uh my uh my parents, my dad was from Botswana and my mom is from the States. Uh and I was raised literally around the world. So um national identity is a little bit more skewed when you're asking that type of question to an expat, I like to say.
0: All right, all right. And then what age uh would you say you you personally started to identify as someone who really likes to travel?
1: Um, you know it was kind of funny. I personally started uh, i think appreciating travel um, really just when I, probably when I moved to China, uh, I was a little bit older I was about nine years old, uh, and my dad would just take us around Asia here and there, even just to the countrysides. And, you know, Asia in general in the 90s and China specifically, um, you know, was such a different country, um, especially being a a black kid in China. So, you know, needless to say, I I stuck out. But, you know, the cultures and the people that I met, you know, were so interested to learn, um, you know, even from me as a little kid where I was from and, you know, tell my story. Uh, And so that was uh, probably when I started getting that that
0: uh, that bug. Okay. Okay. So now uh, what do you do exactly with uh, Index Select?
1: Yes. So uh, Index Select is a global hospitality marketing firm. So uh, my colleagues and I, we represent um, luxury and adventure uh, travel brands. So tour companies, hotels, uh, camps and lodges, and even resorts uh, all throughout the world. Um, I personally manage um, our Africa collection So I represent all of um, our various camps, lodges um, and resorts uh, that we have throughout East and Southern Africa.
0: All right. That sounds great. Like I I travel a lot, but I've never done it professionally. Um, (laughs) Like really interested to hear about that side of of your travel experience. Um, So let's take a step back, actually, and just talk about your life as a traveler. And I want to try my best to separate the professional travel versus like your personal travel. Uh-huh. Um, it may be difficult to do because you, you travel professionally because that's what you want to do. That's your, that's what personally invigorates you. Um, but I'm gonna try to see if I can parcel out the two here. Okay. So when you first started traveling as an adult, what practical steps did you take? Like your, your first trip after you turned, let's say 18 or 21.
1: Uh, yeah, my first trip actually Um, was actually back to China. Uh, I had just graduated high school um, and I wanted to go celebrate uh, with my friends who were just graduating at the high school I went to back in Beijing. Um, So I went back there and uh you know i really didn't have much of a plan uh i pretty much had just bought a ticket and kind of knew i was going to go to a city that i that i knew so that i knew quite well uh but you know things were changing and for the first time i was going there as you know a kid who was not with the parents or anything like that across the world um so the practical sides of it was really just you know having somewhat of a plan for 3 weeks budgeting Uh, Was pretty much the first thing I had to figure out. um, As also when I got my first credit card, um, and that did not go so well the first time. Uh, I think a lot of people definitely need to have uh, an education on how to really budget, and especially when they're using credit cards for the first time and traveling. um, Just knowing how to, you know, how to pay pay it off properly, uh, I think is is a big factor. Um, But then just being open, you know, really being open to to cultures, and you know, you're as an adult. Uh, really, you know, this is your first chance to really kind of take a lot in and really comprehend it a bit more, mm-hmm. as opposed to being a kid. So really, yeah, just being really open about, you know, seeing everything that's around you and you know respecting the cultures that are uh, welcoming you in.
0: Okay, so I want to actually dive a little bit into your experience in Beijing. Uh, I guess as an adult and as a kid, uh, being black in China can have its challenges. What were the most common challenges that you saw when you were there?
1: Oh, uh, there's quite a few. Uh, well, first off, I moved to China in the mid '90s, so there were not many Black people in general uh, in the country. So, um, you know, it wasn't weird. Uh, well, it was weird at first, but it wasn't weird for the for the Chinese for them to walk up to you um, and to touch your skin or touch my hair and actually see if it, you know, if my skin came off, mm-hmm. um, or you know, just certain misconceptions that a lot of um, the Chinese uh, had at that time, and still, actually, some people have now, about what black, you know, what black people were about. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of misconceptions that, you know, came from poverty and from war and all these things. And so kind of just dispelling those those misconceptions. Uh, but in general, you know, it wasn't just myself. I mean, being black, of course, it was was difficult. But it, being a foreigner in the 90s in general, really, you know, you stuck out uh, unless you were uh, of Asian descent or, you know, this, you know, Americans or British. Uh, so being black was really just um, really trying to find a new community as well. Mm-hmm. um there were quite a few uh, there was kind of a, a new frontiers uh type of uh, uh mindset when i had moved to to china so there were quite a few other uh black families uh mostly of african descent um, um, moving uh, moving to China. So we really kind of had to learn from each other and, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, we all had some people that were there before us. So kind of just learn about the culture and learn kind of the do's and don'ts uh, and also kind of teaching, trying to teach Chinese people about our cultures at the same time with a language barrier. All right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I, I like that last aspect about, because um, I've, I've actually never thought of it that way, teaching other countries about your particular culture so um taking a step back what mindset do you like have or what do, what mindset do you need to have to travel in a country where you don't see a lot of people like you
1: um that, that that is a very good question um i think the mindset you need to have like that is really to be open and not take um offense to uh, things that we might see as sometimes even perceived as sometimes racist, um, and actually understand that this is a different type of ignorance in the sense that they've never met someone like you before. Uh, it's literally as if you know you met an alien for the first time and you started talking to an alien about their cultures, you know, everything they're going to be saying to you is so out of this world. Uh, you know, their customs, their cultures, everything is so foreign um, that it's, you know, it, it really wasn't um, racism in that regard or, or or things like that. It really just was just common ignorance of just, you know, your culture has never been taught in their schools or, you know, they've only seen black people in movies or things like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and yeah. just kind of just trying to show them that you're just a regular kid uh you know just like them oh yeah for uh, sure. yeah i think that was uh that was one of the most interesting experiences i guess all right
0: uh what do you um so in, t- in terms of like your travel uh, what do you wish you had known before you started um
1: before i started traveling in general
0: yeah well traveling in general as an adult yeah but you've i guess traveled so much as a kid you probably knew <laughs> many things but if there's something you can go back and like wow i really wish i knew that before i hopped on my, that flight to beijing uh, <laughs>
1: um you know what honestly i don't think there 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 is really much other than i guess more language i mm-hmm. think would be one okay. um for the most part, you know, I pretty much learned everything on the fly. Uh, I mean, I was born traveling at six months, so everything I learned I had to learn on the fly. But I think for one, it would be language and really uh, taking a stronger um, emphasis on language. Um, you know, it's it is great to even if you can just pick up a few words, uh, whether that's in French or Spanish or in Zulu uh, or, or Mandarin, um, going to a destination and just knowing a little bit about, um, you know. Culture, food, um, customs. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think those are probably the, and and religion, uh, you know, for certain countries. I think those are the most important things. Uh, Too often, you know, people will travel to another country and they have no idea about one of these. Uh, kind of pillars of what makes another country, mm-hmm. the, you know, that, that, that culture. And so there can be sometimes a lot of uh, missteps or miscommunications because they don't read up on those things. Mm-hmm. So I think the more preparation that people have to learn about those things like, um, you know, just culture, religion, um, you know, just the you know, speed of life, even. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from, uh, you know, going to school in Hawaii um, and living in New York before that was very different for me. And even re re-padding back to New York after mm-hmm. Hawaii, uh, even that completely different culture, even though it was not still in the States, was completely different. And um, I, I honestly wished I'd learned more about it when I first, you know, before I even got out there.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Changing directions a bit. Generally speaking, what is your idea of a, of a successful trip?
1: Um <laughs> uh, coming back home with with uh with with no uh your credit card from a hospital bill, I guess <laughs> would count as a good one um a, a kind of successful trip um I don't know I think that's kind of a loaded question successful trip for me just comes back home, mm-hmm. you know knowing that I had a great time, I came back with great memories um mm-hmm. uh, regardless you know and you know of course they're gonna be ups and downs, but great memories nonetheless um yeah and that's really what I said. That's how I count a great trip.
0: Oh, yeah, I completely echo that because I, when I think of a successful trip, it's about what I learned, uh, for better or for worse, when I was on that trip. So, yeah, it's just the learning experience and then taking it all in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean I've had some real bad trips, uh, but even some of those times, the memories that I brought back were uh, still memorable to talk about to this day. So I guess that was a success. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, completely shifting gears. Uh, let's talk about your life as a travel professional, because I think the audience would be really interested to hear th- that side of the travel world. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we, we see, we hear, you know, a travel agent, travel consultant, etc. But we I for me, at least I don't really know what that entails. So what's your, your week like as a travel professional?
1: so um well let me take a little step back even before that um you know i've i've worked in a couple different sectors of the travel industry Mm -hmm. and what i do now is a little bit different Mm -hmm. uh from what i used to do i used to work on the selling side of doing uh business to business selling uh as a wholesaler for a luxury company Mm -hmm. uh but now i work on the on the marketing side sales and marketing so you know my job is i'm pretty much on the road about every other week um uh, you know, I just got back from, from the South and I'm off to Asia in a couple of days. Uh, but I'm either on the road, um, Doing sales calls and meeting with uh, in all B two B meetings, meeting with uh, trial agents and and tour operators, which are kind of my main uh, focus. Um, and then um, I'm meeting them and selling my product and promoting my, my clients and my partners. Uh, but at the same time, I can also be in conferences. Um, you know, there's plenty of conferences all around the world that I attend uh, throughout the year. Um, so my week is is can be kind of admin in the home office, or you know, or can be on the road literally doing meetings or conferences from uh, from Utah uh, mm-hmm. to Cape Town uh, mm-hmm. to Berlin uh, to Morocco. Um, it really just kind of depends.
0: And how is that? So in terms of thinking about the time differences and collaborating with people across those time, time zones, uh, understanding the cultural nuances, uh, but also like on your body, the physical aspect of that.
1: Um, well, you know, we call we call ourselves road warriors, uh, for that exact reason. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, People can do it. They love traveling, but, you know, it will take a toll. Uh, So, you know, you do have to take your rest when you get the chance. Uh, But at the same time, um, you know, I wouldn't honestly be rather doing anything else. Uh, This is my passion. I love being on the road. Um, And, you know, with the way the world is today with globalization, Mm -hmm. it really does make everyone so connected. Uh, You know, I can I could have been taking this call from Phuket next week uh, and it wouldn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the way we really have to look at our partners. Uh, I'm always connected to my partners uh, anywhere around the world Um, so it really just um, with just the power of the internet and just smartphones and the way technology is going right now uh, it's really made communication and working with with people all around the world a lot easier
0: What do you see as the most common mistake you notice people make when they travel? Um,
1: I think there's a few common mistakes Uh, I think for uh for Americans in general, um uh, I think it's having a little bit of a snobby eliteness that uh mm. you know if you don't understand Americans or then that is not, you know, then 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 you're not worthy <laughs> type of uh, aspect, which uh, I've always kind of cringe my teeth cringe my teeth at. Mm. Um, um so yes, but between that uh sorry, besides for kind of that kind of snobby elitishness, it is um the this this little things like not carrying um, adapters when oh, you 're yeah. going to another country has different voltages, not having right currency um, thinking that uh, um, that your language will be spoken everywhere that you go
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think that 's a big one, uh, and then getting mad uh, that that the, that a folk that you know that someone doesn 't speak your language or if they do that they don 't speak it well enough, mm-hmm. uh, where it should be the vice versa that you should be able to speak their language in their home country um, and um Uh, I think, yeah, I think there, I mean, there's plenty of mistakes that can be made, but I think everything can be, you know, quite overcome quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I think the, the biggest mistake, honestly, is just not being open. Um, mm-hmm. To a new place mm-hmm. and understanding the intricacies of of how this of how this country is going to work and how this destination works, yeah. um, and thinking that it's just back like home. Um, you know, I focus on Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my personal love and my, and my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's amazing how many people uh, that um, that you know I've I've had to work or that I work with mm-hmm. uh, uh, on on the buyer side uh, might not understand a destination. Or only a portion of it, uh, and 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 these clients who are traveling on these amazing vacations truly don't understand where they're going or the intricate histories. Uh, of these destinations mm-hmm. um whether that's understanding you know kind of where victoria falls is and thinking about that, that you know making sure that's not in yeah. south Africa mm-hmm. and that's it's actually in another, it's in two other countries um or you know the intricacies of something like uh, apartheid in South Africa or the slave trade in east in West africa or you know and again these are just african examples um or of common mistakes that the biggest one actually i find is the white savior complex mm-hmm. that we find in in, in africa um and that one is is one that we really try to shun yeah but nevertheless people want to go and 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 they Mm. want to go to this beautiful continent but they think that everyone is poor or starving or that they need your help Mm. um and i think that's a common mistake to have that mentality
0: yeah those are like all like great 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 points like i I uh, completely echo that those are not only common mistakes, but major mistakes that folks make. Uh, the one that I see all the time on the road is um, expecting that your language is spoken in that country. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not speak any other languages, so it can be frustrating from times, but I have to try, put forth an effort to speak the, the local language, whether that's through taking a class beforehand, having a dictionary on your hand, et cetera. It doesn't, the frustration should be with yourself and not with the people there.
1: Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's even very simple where people even speak English. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to be in Israel um, uh, a couple months ago. And, you know, I just asked and learned a couple uh, Israeli words just so I could speak. And simple as thank you. How are you? Uh, goodbye and hello. Um, and those, you know, if you speak that to someone who's out there and they don't expect you to, you know, to even speak a lick of their language and you just say thank you mm-hmm. tada. Um, then, you know, I got a, you know, a, a great smile from these, you know, from people that I was, uh you know, that were helping me out at the shops and the restaurants. So it doesn't take a lot to to get over these 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 mindsets and these obstacles that people think sometimes that people sometimes think are, are you know, massive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the same about just understanding the in- intricacies. So that's the research aspect of it. um, The currency exchange aspect of it, the adapters. It's just have adapters with you at all time. That's the kind of the way I wrote it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the snobby eliteness, as well. I think that's a, a lot harder to overcome for some folks. Um, but it's it's it does build a barrier to actually enjoying the experience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and that go and that goes both ways, you know, for the hosts of those of those uh, destinations and for the travelers. Mm-hmm. Um To, you know, to really just understand where the other person is coming from is sometimes the hardest thing to kind of get past. But once you do, I mean, it it completely changes people's aspects of culture and of travel, um, you know, for the better.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. I want to shift gears uh, once more a bit here and let's just talk through we're both pretty seasoned travelers i would say you're much more seasoned than i am uh but let's talk through some beginner's advice for going about booking booking travel what are some practical steps that people should take to get started for the for the newbies in the world
1: um for newbies uh well first and foremost let me talk about it from kind of a couple different aspects um so, again, I work with travel agents and tour operators, um, and, and they have their role in, in the travel. Mm-hmm. And then there's the folks who want to go and use the, um, what we call in the business OTAs, which is just an online travel agent, someone like or Expedia, Kayak or Expedia. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what you're doing, you should do your research first. Yep. Um that's where it starts. Do your research and that doesn't just mean um uh, going on, on online and doing that, but also just speaking to people that have gone who have who are like-minded uh to you. Um yeah. and be also be careful on what you're researching. Uh you know, you can go to things like TripAdvisor. But, you know, I personally um, kind of shun people away from going to TripAdvisor because there's just too much information there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you could be reading, you know, someone's angry rant rather than, you know, useful information about something that you're interested in. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but I think the uh, uh, first off is, you know, find out what type of trip you want to do.
0: Mm.
1: Get the research done. If it's something that's very easy to do and you can do it yourself, um, then sure, go on a kayak or one of the OTAs and, and book it yourself. Now, if it's something that's a lot more intricate and you don't want to take the time to do it yourself, uh, and sometimes travel planning can take weeks, um, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to do it yourself or you just actually want to have someone help you, I would definitely say get a travel agent. Mm -hmm. And as much as people want to say that travel agents are a thing of the past, that couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, Right now, there is a whole new generation of travel professionals that are are, are really powering this new generation of travel from the millennial um, perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, working with them um, really isn't that much more expensive. and in, in, in much case, in many more cases, the bang for buck is completely worth it. Mm. Um, but again, you know, if I'm going to go to London and I just want to go for a weekend uh, if, you know, without doing anything specific, uh, then maybe I just want to book that trip for myself. Mm-hmm. But if I do want to go to London for a weekend and I've got very specific things I'd like to do and I want to do VIP this and VIP that and mm-hmm. get into, uh, you know, certain things that I might not be able to get. To myself without working or paying a lot more, then that's when a travel agent or travel consultant comes into play. Uh, And travel advisors um, are in every single city in this country, uh, and they know their stuff. I mean, they're paid to do what, you know, uh, their jobs professionally like anyone else. Um, So I think people should really take that into mind.
0: All right. So do Uh, your research through, like, speaking through people, determining what type of trip that you want to take, how involved that trip is, and then... If it is pretty involved or you would like someone else to do it, then reach out to a contact, uh, a travel agent. To, to get the best out of that experience.
1: Yes, definitely find a travel advisor and and see if if they can, you know, and, and just see how they can help you on their trip, on your trip. But then also on the other side of that, the next part is, you know, how are you going to pay for this trip? Mm. Um, a lot of people um, can go into debt very easily by paying for their trips through credit cards and not, um, you know, and, and not having the, the, the right amount of money. Um, so, you know, find, use credit card you know, use credit cards to your advantage. And, you know, um, build up your air miles, get a credit card that has a great uh, point system to it, whether that's for points for hotels or points for uh, reward points for air miles, uh, book one and make sure you're paying that off as soon as possible. too many too often too many too many people are um are putting the whole you know whole trips onto their credit cards mm-hmm. and they don't pay it off even though that they could they could have done it very easily so then they're racking up you know they're paying for their trip twice um so i think payment is a massive part that a lot of people don't really think about too much um and there's plenty of hacker sites uh, travel hack sites that you can go into like the points guy um uh, and even the likes of creditkarma.com dot com and your and your own, you know, you can go into your airlines websites and check what they have to offer. And what's the best option for you to pick from?
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I i have made that mistake before uh, earlier on paying with my credit card and not paying it off immediately. Uh, but that is definitely travel advice. But also that touches on the per, uh, the personal finance aspect. Of uh, this blog as well, understanding uh, what interest does to you and what it does to, as you said, paying for your trip twice. No one wants to do that.
1: Absolutely. It happens too often.
0: Yep. All right. So, if there was one piece of advice that you can impart on the audience, what would it be?
1: Oh, just one piece? You're going to limit me like that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One last
0: thing piece. Yeah. We talked about a lot, and I'll be sort of like recap everything in the show notes. This is a lot of great, great content. But if there's like one. Final piece of oh,
1: advice i want to give the people. Oh man, just one. <laughs> um, okay, people. Um, Kareem's only giving me one, so I, was, so I guess you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live with that. Um, one piece of advice um, would be honestly try to see as much as you can. Mm. Um, uh, like I, you know, like like I put into my, um, like like I like to say, there's not just any favorite destination. Every destination has its favorite places. So, um, you know, don't focus all your all your time on one place. Uh, the amount of times, as not only a professional but in my personal life as well, um, I meet people who are literally going to the same destination over and over again whether that's europe or that's the caribbean um mm-hmm. that yeah. might be fun and sure i'm I'm sure you guys are having a great time but please go see the rest of the world um there are over 300 countries on the planet yeah. uh and and it will take you a very long time to see them all mm-hmm. um so go and explore um come to africa uh i'll so throw that one in that's that's a point that's a 0.5 percent right there um you know come on africa come see the motherland uh, but uh, yeah learn about you know learn about your culture and, and your background and then and and learn about other peoples and take as much in as you can and and yeah just the world is your oyster uh, so eat it up
0: there we go so that was that was one piece of advice and it was a great piece of advice try to see as much as you can i completely echo that sentiment um so Wazir, thank you for coming on the show. Uh where where can listeners find out more about you or about index select?
1: Uh absolutely. So um we are my my company is that's uh index select.com. We're on that. Uh for my social media you can reach out to me at um, WD Nomad on Instagram. Uh, that's my main uh, little piece, and you'll find most of my travel, uh, my travels on there. So those are my main two pieces. Uh, also, for anyone who is a um, who is looking to get into the travel industry uh, or learn more about it, uh, I am also the co-founder of Young Travel Professionals, and we are a um, the largest organization for young folks in the travel industry who are looking to get in. Um, we do networking organization. We have a networking organization. Uh, uh, with chapters all throughout the states and Canada. So you can go to youngtravelprofessionals.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram at uh, youngtravelprofessionals, uh, hashtag YTP. Um, and uh, so check us out on Instagram or Facebook. And, and yeah, reach out to us. We're always around.
0: All right. That sounds good. So, and have a safe trip to Thailand. Uh, once you get back, we definitely got to talk about going, going hiking. I know, we, you know, weather's getting better. We got to do that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That's the next thing on the on the list. And then I'm gonna bring you down to Africa for Safari, so I hope you're ready for that.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) all right appreciate it, man. Have a good Uh, one.
1: Thank you so much, kareem It was a pleasure, man.
0: No problem. Thank you. Take care. Thank you you for listening to today's episode. Please visit my website, thetravelersupgrade.com, for show notes and other great resources. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show either on my website or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you love the show, leave a review. Thanks.